build are the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy. What's going on, everybody? This is the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, aka Southside Zoe, aka Father's Day. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. I may be the first to tell our viewers and listeners a happy new year two weeks later. <laughs> Thanks, Chris Berman. And the good Reverend K. Fid. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Cam. THC infused filter. No, just kidding. I am going to drink this though. So, uh, but hey, happy New Year, everybody! Um, good to see you guys again, and uh, I hope that uh, everything is doing well for you guys out there as we hop into the latter months of January when Major League Baseball has still not begun negotiations with the Players Union. Still no baseball. Yeah. So, uh, as far as my audio is concerned, you're all just going to have to deal with it. Uh, my normal headset is being used, so I have to use these headphones here. Um, Those of you that are listening at home, by the way, Zoe is not in the trunk of our car. Um, so, if you were wondering. Also, <laughs> by the way, shout out to anyone who's, who like stuck through la- our last episode, because I'm pretty sure my audio was all the way fucked up. Yeah. I, well, there's one thing I can do here. Let me try one more thing. You guys, although or kids, start talking. I'll try something else. All right. So obviously the big news, Kevin, since nothing's going on because the, the league is still trying to screw the players. Um, John Lester, Cubs legend, Red Sox legend. We won't talk about his Cardinals days. Uh, Nationals legend. Retires uh, from baseball. And um, obviously, the big uh, you know the big discussion whenever uh, a great player retires is he going to be a Hall of Famer? So Kevin, right away, I like to do the test. You just say a player's name and you say Hall of Fame, yes or no. So Kevin, John Lester, Hall of Fame. Ooh, see, this is this is one. Oh, that that's I, a I, no. I, then, if it's not a Christmas, it's- no, 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 no. And it's not even like this guy's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, oh, okay, okay. I've kind of, I've kind of. I still, I've, I've been this way, even, you know, the swan song season this year, I'm part there's like, I am torn, but it's, it's the same kind of torn that I am when it comes to someone like say like a Jeff Kent, who I actually think should be in the hall of fame or someone like a, uh, um, a Billy Wagner who I think should be in the hall of fame. And so, Oh, Zoe's got my same, uh, <laughs> fantastic rest in peace, Betty White. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, for me, the arguments there, you could see it today. You know, I, I will say this before we even delve into this, White Sox fans, you don't need to tear down John Lester to make Mark Burley look better. When you have to tear someone else down to make someone else look better, that only means that that person doesn't have what it takes to make themselves stand on their own. So in that sense, I wouldn't tear down Mark Burley to compare John Lester. I'm just not 100% sure that John Lester nor Mark Burley are Hall of Fame material, but I wouldn't also be shocked if they were. I just I kind of fluctuate back and forth. I do look at postseason numbers. It's not Mark Burley's fault. The White Sox never, you know, didn't have that kind of a large sample size that Lester was lucky to stumble into in the places that he played. But his postseason numbers are incredible. He's like I think the third or fourth best postseason pitcher in history. So these are things that you take into consideration as well. You look at the whole body of work. You know, cancer survivor, et cetera, et cetera. I just I you know this one is something I still have to keep marinating on. Um, this is a tough one. It's one of those fringers where, again, it's like me. Do I vote for Sammy Sosa despite the corked bat and the steroids? And, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I, so I, I fluctuate. Like, I'm bad. I'm a flip-flopper. Um, so to say, to, I guess the, the, the long answer is 
maybe. Um, I think, and I think Lester is not like perfect name of just like having that discussion or like having that long drawn out. Because I do agree with you. I, I, that was just like a quick thing I used to do, and like that's the point I was going to bring up is like before we had the standards. You know, it was like the oh, if he has three hundred wins, Hall of Famer, right? It was automatic. Like you had that benchmark. If a starting pitcher in his career had three hundred wins, Hall of Famer, right? Like with the way the game has changed, like the past five years, even the last decade. You know, is the new benchmark? Is it just two hundred wins? Because you know just because stars don't go as deep or there's so much of the bullpen play. Now it's like, Hey, you can lead with the lead. You know, it can be three, one, you're out in the sixth inning. You did a great job. And then, you know, two guys like blow it for you. And like that messes up, you know, you don't have guys going eight innings, nine innings, uh, uh, every fifth day. Right. So in terms of like, and that's with Burley too, like he had like 214 wins, you know, Lester finished his career with, uh, at 200, right. I think right at 200, um, and again, there's always the because we I think we do I think when we talk about postseason in terms of Hall of Fame, we do the opposite of what we we're gonna do with John Lester because other times we go well like well hey it's not so and so's fault that you know he was on bad teams with John Lester again you know he's fortunate that he was on a lot of great teams got a, got a lot of shine but hey when he had to step up in those big moments he did and when you think of this era yes. you know last last fifteen years you're good you're good. I think we're back. Yeah, we're live. Oh, now you're good. You're good. Yeah, it was bad. Yep. But when you do the test of like, you know, you think of like, who do you want starting for you in the postseason? And you think of this past 15 year period, John Lester's like right at the top of your list. You're not on that list either. It was just, again, body of work, but also the best left hander of our lifetime is Clayton Kershaw. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, his, has, his, he's the opposite. Like, that's the reverse. Yeah. Although he did have two his last two starts in, in the postseason, which were the two World Series games he carved in, doesn't erase the rest of his career where he's got an ERA that's two over his regular season average. But John Lester is kind of the opposite. John Lester has like a four ERA as a career. Of course, it kind of crapped it down his leg the last three years or so, kind of did a little damage yeah. to that career <laughs> uh, ERA because he was still playing a little bit. But um, at least Burley knew when to step away. But Lester, on the other hand, he's got – good regular season numbers and then he's the guy that turns it up when it matters and that that does but it's not the hall of fame for just you know you don't get it on just postseason and and he's thrown a no hitter he's a five-time all-star he's an nlcs uh, mvp he's he's done some things you know he learned a pickoff move he's a hell of a hitter probably the best pitcher here in the history of the game really um yeah, so do you guys see my the shared screen i can all right so this is Burley Lester head to head. All right. Burley more wins. Win is a terrible stat for a pitcher. Whatever. ERA, not too much difference. Complete games. Burley was an inning eater. Shutouts, Burley. But that's a th almost, you know, I don't know what's that, like 500 more innings? Yeah. I mean, like he's got like, looks like, uh, was that 42 more starts? But here, look at this. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, the ERA plus is the exact same. Yep. Mm -hmm. Lester has the better FIP, uh, the better HIP by very little bit. Fractional. HIP per nine. I mean, it's under one. It's like Strike one. Per nine. Is that, is that 8.2 or 0.1? Yeah, that's an 8.2. So he's got Burley by three more strikeouts per nine. So Just that's a, he, also has, he also yeah. has, looks like he has what, 600 more strikeouts? In, but but Burley was a ground ball that, pitcher. That's true. That's true. But I'm saying like he does. I mean the strikeouts are a number that people look at too sometimes. But here but here's your WAR though. Burley was a Burley was a 60 WAR where Lester was a 44 WAR. But again, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like they mm -hmm. played pretty much the same amount of time too, 15 years. So this is why Burley gets started a lot more though. He had like what like oh yeah. Well, he's got a thousand more innings pitched. Yeah. Year. He's got right. how many more games? I mean, he's 48, 58, 60 games. 60, uh, Burley had a roughly like 60 to 70 more games than yeah. Lester. So, but, and I, I heard what you were saying earlier, dude, like about Sox fans. Like, Sox fans right now are very frustrated. They're very frustrated because Burley got zero fucking love on mm -hmm. the Hall of Fame ball ballots. And it was like almost like it was like a joke. Like people are like, "Why the fuck would you vote for Mark Burley?" You know what I mean? Like people outside of the South Side of Chicago. Yeah. And that's kind of a shitty thing because Burley's had a pretty good career. But then, on the flip side of things, 
Lester retires today and national guys, people all over are like hall. And it's like, what, what the fuck? Like, why is Burley like a joke? And Lester's and one of the, some of these people are saying instant hall. I mean, Lester, don't get me wrong. was like a way more charismatic, way more like, um, I'm going to stop sharing, uh, way more like media friendly, way more like big stage. And the fact that he was on the Red Sox team that broke the curse and he was on the Cubs team that broke the curse. And I'm saying court, curse with like the biggest air quotes ever <laughs> but the or we'll just say ended the losing or the world series drought for the right, red sox yeah. and the cubs the two biggest ones in the history of baseball the two most talked about the ones they make movies about that gives him instant notoriety in a national media sense so from a sox fan point of view someone mark burley is one of my top five all-time favorite white sox i was at the perfect game i was at the game that he hit his only home run in milwaukee like the guy was half in the bag when he came out and got a save in the world series. Like he is the South side. Like he is like, I very, I mean, I'm probably like Ken Wu or some asshole will probably say they didn't like Burley, but other than that, like (laughs) other than that, it's really hard to find someone that didn't like Mark Burley as a White Sox fan. So the The White Sox fan, he's not the God, but he's a God. Yeah. I mean, like he's like a, he's like, he is a legend on the South side. Like, 100% he's a legend. Like, verified legend status on the south side of Chicago. Perfect game, no hitter, the World Series. Perfect game, no hitter, World Series. The story about him pounding a couple beers and then coming out for the save in Houston. Like, the slip and slide on the tarp during rain delays. He was, like, a huge fan favorite, just super down-to-earth guy. You know, it's still, like, it kills me, those pictures of him in a Marlins fucking uniform. Yeah, it's not as bad as Jordan in a wizard uniform, but it's like the same kind of flavor. You know what I mean? And so to what I'm getting at, though, Fids is like, that's where that came from today. It wasn't like an insecurity or anything. It was just knowledgeable White Sox fans like a a P. Knowles and some of these other guys that are especially really big on stats. See this national love that Lester gets on the retirement from the same people that like wouldn't even know who Mark Burley was if he was like crossing the street in front of their car. And yeah, Burley has four gold gloves. He's got the one play where he flips the ball between his legs while he's falling down a Canerco and Lester couldn't even fucking throw to first. I ain't threw a glove to first once. He threw a glove to first once. The the, the video that, that people kept showing today that was awesome is when uh, Tommy Pham just like yes. stood where the second baseman stood and like Lester looked at him once and then he had to like think about it. And then finally he like, well, what what made that clip? What made yeah. that clip even better is because it was from the it was from the Cardinals telecast, and it's Tim McCarver being like, "Yeah, like John Lester can't throw. Never throw. Fam should he should get as big as lead as he can. He he's not going to throw. I think he literally says like he's not going to throw a few times, and like right before the last time he says like he's not going to throw over. He throws over. Obviously, it's the easiest pickoff ever because like Tommy Fam's like he's not throwing over either. Uh, but but so I mean you're completely right. Like the the whole comparison between Burley and Lester. And like the angst that you know, White Sox, some White Sox fans that uh, got off, it's completely fair from that side. But then it goes back to you know what, what I brought up with Kevin or what he brought up too, just the recency, not even the recency, but just like the big stage national moments. It's not Mark Burley's fault that you know his teams weren't in the postseason as often as John Lester's, and then when John Lester was on the big stage, he delivered more often than not. So. That is why he, do, unfortunately, for like this comparison, that is why he does get the, the bigger set. Like, think about another name. I was looking at like, I won't be reference has the, um, uh, they have like the most similar pitchers to like you know both guys, whatever. I was looking over the list, and one of the guys on Lester's list, I think, is uh, Verlander. Verlander, think of, John, of Justin Verlander. Everyone thinks right, like, oh, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, right? And like, compare Justin Verlander to Clayton Kershaw. What do we all say about Kershaw? Oh, can't Kershaw, Kershaw can't come through in the postseason. Justin Verlander has skated by his career. Justin Verlander has not been good at all in the postseason. Right. But for whatever reason, he doesn't get the reputation. And unfortunately for his, like some of these Hall of Fame candidacies, and like at this point, it's kind of I guys, I have to be, I have to be honest with you. At this point, I don't care a lot about, oh, does a guy get in or not? Because like same, the process, same, same, the process same. just seems like such a joke now. And like I, I kind of do like the whole like when they write like, 
I forget who like who's the guy who keeps track of everyone's voting and they like they write why or why not. But like it's just like too much of a spectacle spectacle now. It's like just vote if you think a guy's a Hall of Famer, he's a Hall of Famer. I I guess they are kind of restrained or like because they, there's like the ten person limit. So like if you keep this guy in, you have to keep him waiting or whatever. But like Maybe I always say, like it, it, like does a guy's stats change from one year to another? No. So like yeah, right. and I think you brought it up too, Kevin. Like the talking about like you know is he a first battle Hall of Famer? Oh, is he, you know, the yeah. second ballot Hall of Famer? Like, just is he a Hall of Famer or not? Yeah, like, it's Hall of Famer when he retires and he doesn't all of a sudden just add something yeah, to it. Yeah, it's like the stats don't change. Like, do you think he's a Hall of Famer or not? Like, come on. And you brought up recently bias too, Aldo. And that the big that's the big thing too. We live in a day and age, especially. I mean, look, John Lester made his debut in 2006 at age 22. Think about baseball in 2006 when he was just getting started and building, which in Boston you know, post Boston's first world series, kind of a legacy, a, a guy that they drafted that battled cancer came back as a 22 year old, went seven and two was good in the world series. Yada, 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 you know, was a, was, was just a, a, a cult hero in Boston for being the dude that he is like just same way in Chicago. And he bought 50,000 gallons of beer or something like that. that somebody say um, for cub fans when he retired, but the, or when he left the Cubs, but just the way that he was, we live in this media age and, you know, we live in an era where, marketing and optics and how a player is marketed can really sway how people view this person in in the scope of their career like a Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter's story is well written, but you know, the people that tell the story most are the media. They tell, you know, the the, the heroics and everything and I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer or whatever, but I'm saying then you get to a place now. We live in a world where people think that Javi Baez is a first ballot Hall of Famer because the hype, not necessarily the performance. But it feels like to a lot of fans that these players are. And with Lester, the recency bias is there. He's so well liked. It's, you know, and, and I'm not saying Burley isn't. Burley obviously is. But Lester, in two giant fan bases, has this reputation as being like the dude. And that helps his optics. And I think, of course, that spills into the national news media, who, of course, is Boston centric. Um, you know, with uh, a lot of the people that come out of, you know, Bristol, especially. And so his reputation, he buddied up with those guys while those guys were coming up and, and those people were coming up in the media as well. So, of course, he's going to have this favorable. I think that all these people are happy to see a friend retire and honor a friend. And unfortunately, that filters into their objectivity. And so then, of course, it drives other people mad because, again, they have commiserate stats. I mean, if John Lester's a Hall of Famer, so is Mark Burley. And Vice versa, I think, at the, at the same time. I think I'll do a good solution to your problem with the balloting is maybe take off that 10-person cap and just say vote mm-hmm. and go rank choice and just let it go. Yeah. If you've got 13 people you want to vote for, you think they're all Hall of Famer, fuck it, vote. Don't You, you shouldn't have to play, like, you know, survivor strategy um, or like that fucking uh, Cracker Barrel game with the triangles just to figure out how to get the right people the right votes because you only have 10 to vote with. Um, you got 10 you got ten T's. got to make sure, you, you know. So maybe, you know, that could be a solution to it too. But, I, you know, I... I think that it would have to be a package deal. I think if Lester's in, Burley's in. If, if Lester's not in, Burley's not in. Vice versa, if Burley doesn't get votes and it's not in, not in. But I think that the hype and, and the optics and that recency bias you talked about, Aldo, is a huge reason why you're seeing it on the national news media. John Lester is a darling. He's a media darling. He's a national and media darling, especially with those people at Baseball Network and in, in Bristol at ESPN. So. And a bunch of major markets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, again, oh, he by did the way. It in Boston and Chicago. Like, it's, it's a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. Loud fan bases. Yes. Wow. By the way, I if you were to ask me like John Lester Hall of Fame, I would be like, not quite. I oh, think I'd say the same thing for Burley. Yeah. yeah I, for I'd both of them. That. And like that's the other thing where like we get to the point, it's like by me saying that I'm not shitting on either. I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry guys. I'm not saying I'm not saying these guys suck. I'm not saying they shouldn't get their you know, I think Burley really has his jersey retired, right? For the Sox. Uh, or he should. I mean, he should. He will. He will one day if he doesn't. I think he does, doesn't he? I have no idea. Um, but he should. Like they, they should be in their team's Hall of Fames. Whatever you want. But like, for me, ever since like you know, I started getting into baseball, and you know, just like looking back at like what what does it mean to be a Hall of Fame? Or like the guys who were in the Hall of Fame. I was I, again, like right now, I don't really care that much. But like, if I did and like get into a discussion about it, it'd be like it has to be the of the elite of the elite of that generation, like the top like two to three guys from this era. And if you just don't fall in that category, 
Yeah, like, hey, it doesn't mean you're, yeah, doesn't mean you're bad, but the, it's the Hall of Fame. So, like, for me, that just means something more. It's exclusive. It's exclusive. Yeah. But you need to be the – and it can't be like you can't compare best players of all time either. You have to think it as generational. Who is the best player of their era? Because game the game has changed and made so many different changes to how the game is played. In fact, I think that they're voting currently in an old-world system, which is why relievers aren't getting the kind of props, especially in these ballots, that they should – that's my probably my biggest pet peeve with the Hall of Fame is that it's completely ignored the evolution of the game to the specialist it's, to this day. And how long has closers, I mean, closers and relievers became a thing big time in the late 80s, early 90s. And now where they're at today, it's you've got guys for the sixth inning, for God's sakes. They're going to have to, the best sixth inning pitcher of our era maybe is worthy of being a Hall of Famer at this point because it's part of the strategy of the game, just like, you know, there are guys that, you know, best pinch hitter of all time. Should there should they be in the Hall of Fame? Maybe not, but maybe some of their equipment should be because they're such a great pinch hitter or something. But um, that's another big part of it, too. I, I don't know. So the biggest thing looking into the comp player comps for Burley that stood out, Oral Hershiser's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh-uh. That's wild to me. See, that's the thing. I, I don't know. I don't know Oral Heiser's Oral Hershiser's stats, but like couple good seasons. When you hear that name, you just think like I don't know. Maybe it's my age or when I whatever. But it's just like when I hear that name, I'm like stud. And so, right? No, that's what I think too. Yeah. So I was surprised too. I see that. Yeah. Maybe so. How about, how about this? How many games do you think, based on your perception, do you think Nolan Ryan won in his career? That he won. I mean, an Oral Ryan, Oral Hershiser. Oral Hershiser. Nolan did fast. 250. Well, I'm going to say less now because he's not like 190. Yeah. The way yeah. 204. Okay. He won 204 in a, in a career that lasted how many seasons? 18 seasons. But see, that's the thing. Different era. Because what do you, he pitched right. like, what, 80s, 90s, right? 80s? Late 70s. 56 and a third, or was it 59 and a third? 59 and a third? I am quickly realizing I don't know shit about Oral Hershiser. <laughs> 59 and a third. Dude, did I ever tell you my poker story? Dude, I just typed in Oral and then H-E-R. Hey, oh. Well, make sure you spell it right. Oral come herpes up. came up all over the place. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you guys, I, I spelled a different Oral. And I got um, but but <laughs> look, at, I mean, Oral Hershiser was, won a Cy Young, three-time All-Star, 88 World Series, Gold Glove, Silver Slugger, World Series MVP, ALS MVP, NLS, NLCS MVP, Major League Player of the Year. Like, he's got a really impressive resume. And like for and the record, and the record that he broke. For him, though, he was in the era of okay, you have to get to three hundred wins. Right. So, but he just, I think that's the thing. Like the bench, there are benchmarks. So, like, what is the benchmark for like guys who started pitching? Like in the in the early two thousands and like retired. Well, right. I mean, we have, to, we have to readjust how we judge so them based on the way the gameplay is played. Baseball Reference has literal Hall of Fame statistics on players' pages. Mm-hmm. So I'm on Oral Hershiser's page right now. Black Ink, his pitching was it's a twenty. The average Hall of Famer is a forty. Gray Ink, his pitching is a one twenty nine. Average Hall of Famer is a one eighty five. Hall of Fame monitor. His pitching is a 91. The likely Hall of Famer is 100. Hall of Fame standards. His pitching is a 34. The average Hall of Famer is a 50. Yeah. So, like, he's not there. Like, so, like, that's why there's just no love. Okay, but look up look up Lester's now. So yeah, let's let me see look up Lester's. Hold on. So, while you're, while you're looking up Lester, too, I, may I please please tell you my nice Oral Hershiser poker story? If you do it, yeah. I'll ahead. do it fast. It'll be like it's like the it's like the uh, the interim. But uh, does it bother you guys that John Lester's baseball reference picture is him in a Cardinals hat? No. A, uh, I was annoyed that one of them probably going to be a Red Sox hat. I think his ESPN sets an info hat, and I, I get it because it was his last team that he pitched for. But like they showed him in a Red Sox and then a Cardinals uniform. I'm like, hey, he did oh, something man. with the Cubs, dude. Lester's not even fucking. The only one Lester's close on is Hall of Fame monitor. All right, go go over him. Go over him. Uh, Black Ink, he's an eight. Average Hall of Famer is a forty. Gray Gray Ink, he's a one forty eight. Average Hall of Famer is a one eighty five. Hall of Fame monitor, he's a ninety eight. A likely Hall of Famer is a hundred. Hall of Fame standards, he's a forty. An average Hall of Famer is a fifty. Do Burley, do Burley's too. Do Burley's. All right, hold on. Let me get up there. This not having multiple screens is killing me right now. <laughs> Downgraded. <sighs> I live such a tough life. <laughs> Burley's pitchers has a White Sox hat on. Um, 
Didn't he also play for the Blue Jays? Or am I making so Burley, yeah, he played for the Blue Jays and the Marlins. Um, Black Ink, he's a 12, average is a 40. Uh, Lester was an 8. Mm-hmm. Gray Ink, he's a 116, average is 185. Lester hasn't beat there. Hall of Fame monitor, Burley's only a 52, where Lester was a 98. And Whoa, a, a likely Hall of Famer is 100. Hall of Fame standards, Burley's a 31, where Lester was a 49. And the average Hall of Famer is a 50. So neither of these two are neither, so They're not even close. Yeah, so, I mean... Yeah, so oh, at the end of the day, Chicago, don't worry. It doesn't matter if you're a Sox fan or a Cubs fan. You can be pissed off in a few years. Hey, guys, guess what? They're both going to be inducted into the Chicago sports. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, but see, the thing oh, is, okay. I don't – I mean, obviously, I didn't follow John Lester's career as closely as you guys did. But I know for a fact that, like, Burley just does not give a fuck about it. Like, he he, he can care less if he's in the Hall of Fame. Well, I think I'm sure yeah, he'd be – Yeah, no, I think you're right. I'm sure John Burley would be like – I'm sure Burley would be like honored. He'd show up, but like even when they retired, now that I'm thinking about it, because our friend Bruhan Luke brought it up, his number is retired. He doesn't have a statue, but I do remember the ceremony that they had at uh, yeah. Comiskey U.S. Guaranteed Cellular Point Field. Right. Um, that Burley showed up, and he was just kind of like, "Thanks." <laughs> like he was just like, "This is I." Had to leave my house for this. Like the only, <laughs> you know, Mark Burley. The one thing I I instantly imagine is him just sitting watching a Cardinals game, drinking Bush. I think he was drinking Bush. Yeah, like that's what I picture Mark Burley just doing because he's like, I don't care about anything else. Well, that's another hard. reason why he's With, a goat. Lester's reputation too, man. We all forget as Cup fans that John Lester was one of the dudes that were busted drinking beer and eating fried chicken in the clubhouse with Josh Beckett and John Lackey. Playing video games on days they weren't supposed to pitch, which I have no problem with, by the way. Who gives a shit if they're not pitching? You're on an off day. Those guys mostly are golf. You're, you're lucky you even came in the clubhouse, but that was where that's when we <laughs> Don't hide games. that, although. Don't hide that. Leave that on. <laughs> Leave that on. Prestigious Hall of Fame uh, that Lester uh, and Burley can join. Yep. They'll be with did their peers. <laughs> although he did get cold take the other day. Oh, yeah, he did. That was nice. You can't say the Bears are going to win a Super Bowl. That's the dumbest tweet ever. You literally can't tweet it until there's like two minutes left in the fourth quarter of the actual Super Bowl. The Bears not are even something, something can go wrong. Though. Right. I mean, even at that morning. point. And yeah, look at that mailman, Jack. Dylan Cease is on a Hall of Fame. Very old. Maybe Chicago sports. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> the next Chicago sports Hall of Fame inductee. <laughs> yep. So with baseball being on strike, there's really not much going on. So, I mean, we're just going to keep talking here, but if you guys want to talk about anything. Anything. And literally anything. anything. Oh, no, don't that. Just, literally, I'm not kidding you, on the Tainted Glove, in the chat, on Monday night, some dude rolled in talking about how someone stole his foreskin. It, it was, it was, uh, there was about five messages. If you go back and watch it, it, uh, it was, and he it was it a like Gaylord Fox. I have no what idea. We were like, foreskin stolen. I mean, Jumper, I just... Jumper's response was the best. He's like, "Wait, what? I thought it was like someone's fun, like friend trying to be funny, but it's not so. Not all questions can be answered." I mean, you could talk about it. I just my response is going to be like, "That sounds like a very serious you problem, and you might want to go talk to a doctor and we'll move on." <laughs> but yeah, I, I watched a little bit of the show on Monday. It was mostly uh, Aloha bitching about the Bears. <laughs> oh, he's so mad! But so I good. said something in the comments that I don't know if you guys saw it. Or you just perused over it? No, I, I just yeah. said because uh, he like said like the Bears haven't had a good coach since Mike Dick. Mike Dick wasn't a good coach. Mike Dick is um, ego. Disrespect is, to Levy Smith. Levy Smith for as much shit as he got. Levy Smith was a good coach. Yeah, he left with a winning record. Mike Dick is ego. Stopped them from winning multiple championships in the eighties. I will you bury me in that statement because I will die. No one's gonna talk me off that. Because if he wasn't such a dick, Buddy Ryan would have stayed. They would have won way more championships. I mean, the guy fucking. Well, 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 well. Both were dicks. Let's be honest. Well, that's true. That's true. But like, sometimes if you're the head dick, <laughs> like Dicka was, this is a lot of dick talk. You have to, <laughs> especially with Mike Dicka. Mike you have, you have to realize that like you have one of the greatest D coordinators of all time, and you kind of have to just like chill out and yeah i mean injuries are going to be a problem with every team jim mcmahon's shoulder was also a big problem but like you still have fucking walter payton in the greatest defense of all time like you could figure it out and yeah 
it's gonna you know at least you know they're uh we're, we're, you know maybe we'll hit the lottery this time i guess like like recent bears trash to like cubs and so- compare who does matt Nagy remind you of as a cubs or white Sox manager oh i was now or in the past like yeah, just like any at any time like who does matt Nagy remind you of as See, I was I, I hated Jim Essien when I was in high school, but I, you know, it wasn't really his fault. He was a Triple A manager that got a manager job at the, you know, at the upper levels. I, I love Don Zimmer, and I love Jim Fry. So, like, I really don't. Those two guys wouldn't fall in it for me. And then you what was Essien after? Uh, after this is, this is a, don't ask me because this is a hor- I I can only remember from like the Hold early two thousands. <laughs> So, I, feel, I forget who came after Jim. I remember like Don Baylor. I would Don say Baylor came in like mid to late nineties. For the White Sox, I would say either. Well, Rob Ventura left with a losing record. But oh, Jim Lesmore! Oh my God! Oh, I, loved, I, I absolutely adored Rob Ventura as a player on the White Sox. Still do. He's one of my favorites, but he was just not it. I'm afraid that if Le- Leslie Frazier could be. I like Gene Lamont. Ventura. Gene Lamont's a good one. Gene Lamont. I was either going to say Gene Lamont or uh, Jerry Manuel. Bruce Kim made me mad. Wasn't Bruce Kim just like only an interim though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on. He was manager for a second. Who this guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, I actually, dude, I actually, I don't, I can't, I could actually look at least through the list of like managers and again, me being an old man, it's been like, you know, a, you know, it feels like a, you know, a couple, you know, a quarter century since, uh, well, no, could doubt like half a century. Um, but I've got, you got Jim Fry for me. You got, I mean, Charlie Fox, Leo, Leo, those, they were fine. I mean, I was too young at that point to really know. Vukovic was fine. Gene Michael was okay. Lucchese, Don Zimmer, Joe Altabelli, Jim Essien. Jim Lefebvre was awesome for a second. Tom Treblehorn. Jim Riggleman is awesome. I love Jim Riggleman. Um, Don Baylor was awesome, too. He was a big old barrel of, of love. Renee Latchman, Bruce Kim. Dusty Baker was fine. Uh, Lou Pinella was badass, hung over most of the time. Mike Quaddy was AAA manager. Dale Swain was a AAA manager. Ricky, I was I loved Ricky. You know, I was sad to see him get, you know, kind of T-boned by the Cubs for Madden, but he keeps getting T-boned by uh, the team so that they hire somebody else. But, nah, I mean, David Ross is probably the most frustrating, and that's only because there's, like, a familiarity. I think in terms of, like, because, like, think about when Nagy came, it's like, oh, he's coming from the Chiefs. You know, he's going to he's gonna make Trubisky great. The offense, he's, you know, the Bears finally have an offensive genius or whatever. It's like the (laughs) expectations of that and just how they felt just terribly flat. Dude, that offense this year was absolutely fucking brutal. So, like, in terms of just, like, winning expectations, like, Lou Pinello was brought in, and yes, they, they, he brought a last-place team in 06 to, you know, they won the division in 07-08. Mm-hmm. I but see what you're like, getting at, though. But then some of his decisions and then his explanations for the decisions and then just, like, how he, like, at the end, he kind of just, like, gave up. It was so frustrating because, like, the one thing that I always remember was 2007 – NLDS against the Diamondbacks. I think it was game one. Da- game one, I think he has Zambrano on the mound, and he Zambrano's pinching a gem. I think he only gave up like one run or something. It's the sixth inning. He pinch hits for him. Cubs end up losing the game. Like, bullpen gives up a couple runs later on. And afterward, they're asking, like, oh, like why did you pull Zambrano in the sixth? He's like, oh, well, like I wanted to keep him fresh in, for, in case of a game four. Guess what happened, guys? There was no game four. Cubs got yeah. fucking swept. Got you, you just took out your oh. best fucking pitcher. Sure. Both of those years, too. Both of those years. I think the Dodgers swept them out both times. The no, Dodgers Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks and the Dodgers, right? Didn't the Diamondbacks yeah. do it once? Yeah, that was brutal. I mean, and, and I, I'm still not 100% sold that Lou Pinella wasn't fucking hungover or currently <laughs> drunk in the dugout. He looked – he had the best. I got tore one on. I, I, tore, I, I, I tied one on last night, stubble. Of any manager in Cubs history, like I mean, he looked like he was fucking hungover every day. It was awesome, and he would shave and be like, "Oh, I must have, must have drank water last night." So I think it's like you can answer the question better than I could. Like obviously, I'm not a Sox fan, but like in terms of the comparison between Nagy and uh, and Robin Ventura, yeah. At the end of it, though, because Robin Ventura was like he's a beloved, you know, White Sox great. Everybody like I feel like Sox fans kind of like felt bad for him. Like who who feels bad for Matt Nagy right now? Or nobody does. I, I don't think anybody felt bad for Ventura. The thing that people were most like, it's now like when you talk about Robin Ventura as a White Sox fan, you have to like immediately say like, I'm talking about Ventura as a player. 
<laughs> not as a manager. Like you have to like announce that, even though you know you could be talking to like, I could be talking to you two, or I could be talking to Beefle for someone. You still have to be like, no. Keep in mind, I'm talking about my love for Ventura as a player, like because you can't just say you love Robin Ventura anymore. You have to say as a player because nobody liked him as a manager. But he was like the way that I. I see a lot of Nagy because Nagy had that whole like BU and like he was a great leader of men and all that other bullshit they spewed. But like Ventura was really like kind of laid back like that as well. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It's just same vibe. Younger dude, like getting his first rip at a head coaching gig. And it was just like, it's just the same vibe. But can we talk about good teams? Yes. Bulls. Bulls are back, baby. I, I can't tell you how happy it was. I am, the, but I do want to put this out there. This 9 p.m. Central start time between a fucking East Coast team. And I couldn't believe it. Is so they they push it back for a fucking Mavericks Knicks game that's 90 to 76 Ooh. with five minutes left in the fourth. <laughs> like this game is fucking straight cheeks, and they won't. This this is a huge game. the The Nets are bringing everyone back too. Like, everyone's playing in this game. You know, I saw that. I'm like, wait, 9 p.m. And then I saw him like, oh, wait, they're playing the Nets. And I'm like, oh, wait, East Co- they're starting at 10 p.m. What the hell is this? This is ESPN. It's 7 p.m. Right? Kevin's wow. like, oh, it's prime time. Prime but time slot. What happened, 100% what happened was ESPN are like, the Bulls are going to fucking be cheeks this year because they. everyone said DeRozan is the worst fucking free agent pickup. Lonzo Ball said, like, it, it's not going to work, blah, blah, blah. And now Bull, this is a game between first and second place in the fucking East, and ESPN was like, oh, shit, we want this on Wednesday night basketball, but we already paid for this game. So they're like, all right, we're playing this bitch at 9 o'clock. The, here we go. I hate how the NBA has shaped my... Uh just like feelings towards like a season um because like i mean we've been through it before as bulls fans like with the with the d rose bulls versus the lebron Cavs, the lebron heat you can fucking be dominant all year long and it doesn't matter if the best players on the court aren't on your team and again i hate it because i want to enjoy this bull season more because it's been for fucking ever they've been they've been like the laughing stock Think about like some of the oh, yeah. shitty organizations in the NBA, like the Knicks and like the fucking like Pistons who were like down bad for a few years. Like the Kings haven't mm-hmm. won anything forever. The Magic have been awful. The Bulls were like the laughing stock of the league for like the last, you know, two, three they, seasons. They were like and, an afterthought. No one gave a shit. Yeah. And then before that, like the entire city of Chicago hated like everything that was the Bulls and like ownership and mm-hmm. the front office. Oh, I mean, the front office. So like it is great that they're finally relevant, not, not just relevant, that they're like the best team in the East, one of the best teams in basketball. The the player that everyone thought was like, this isn't going to work out is a serious MVP candidate in DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Zach Levine's still another good year. Uh, Lonzo Ball getting it done at point. Just everything. The only thing that sucked is, you know, Patrick Williams getting hurt. But even with that, like it, it hasn't, they haven't skipped a beat. So I want to enjoy it more and I hate myself that I'm, I can't because in the back of my mind, I always say, well, it, is it going to matter, like, if they can't, like, you know, beat the Nets in the postseason? I Yeah, I don't know. The Nets are kind of a fucking train wreck right now, but when they get their big three playing all together on all systems firing, yeah. it's going to be a tough team to beat. But who knows what these fucking mandates and all this shit, if, how many games Kyrie's going to be able to play, where he's going to play, like... There's always injuries, I mean... Right, and as long as he has like the most, you know, and you gotta keep in mind too, the Nets are definitely older than the Bulls. Yeah, like top to bottom, and I mean the Bulls have a couple aces up their sleeves, like uh, homie from U of I, uh, Ao, Ao, what a pick! Ao's balling. Now the word on the streets is that they're gonna they're trying to deal Kobe White to get like uh, another like a three or a four. Uh, okay, okay. To, to run out there because basically AOs make Kobe tradable and they're trying to sell high a little bit but like the best part about this Bulls run though the thing that makes it different for me is that you can bet legally in Chicago now 
and you could do like all these crazy same game parlays and all this other crazy shit and like they're making me money. No, like, <laughs> I ha- I haven't done it a lot because I don't want to be like the jinx just because like they cover and win every game. But like the times I've bet on the Bulls, they've covered every single time. Yeah. Undefeated betting on the Bulls this season. They've and covered even when every it's ridiculous. Time. Like against the Pistons, I opened up my phone yesterday. I saw they had like a it was like a thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. Yep. Like, yo, that's I usually don't go for that hot big of spreads. You know what I mean? I was yeah. Just like, all right, tell you what, I'll do the eight point at half. That is big. <laughs> and then I was like, all right. And then I put in a bet for uh, my big new betting thing for NBA now is player combined. Okay. Combine their points, rebounds, and assists. And they oh, nice. that. Vooch was at like 32. He ended up finishing the game at like 34 or 36 with all his stats combined. So that hit. Bulls team total over hit. Like, if you just get creative with Bulls, the Bulls right now, it's they're the favorites tonight against. Uh, the Nets, it's in Chicago, but I mean, the Bulls are fucking for real, dude. And I'm just watching our viewer count go down because we're talking about basketball. But I'm you guys, <laughs> there's, what do you guys want? I mean, the billionaires, uh, are, the billionaires are still fighting the millionaires. Yeah, like, what do you guys want? I don't know. I don't know. So, what was it that they're supposed to do a proposal tomorrow? I think. Yeah, they're supposed to meet like for the first time since December. Tomorrow. Cool. Do you think if I showed some skin, people would come back? Like if I just took this down, just uh, it actually just went up. There you go, dude. Show but I'm gonna tap I sit here and play fucking MLB the Show every day just to get like a baseball fix. Like, oh, it's, it's I mean, crazy. I mean, it, other than free agency and whatnot, there's really nothing at this point. Other than looking at workout videos anyway at this point so the, you still the got to work out yeah they're Tim still posting yeah Tim and Anderson then, just posted one and uh <laughs> with LaRussi yesterday was yeah LaRussi we got to play that real quick cuz that shit's yeah LaRussi's pervin on kids <laughs> there's uh it's Montgomery I mean, right? the guy that I really want to yeah close in Montgomery yeah the and then that, there's uh, you know, we're we're falling into the. Oh, this guy looks like he's in the best shape of his life, and like Tim Anderson's posting videos of him just literally taking BP. Like, I never left the lab. It's like you're doing your job, dude. Like, I get it. It's cool. You don't see me. I saw posting. a Jake Berger video. Berger's actually doing some cool shit. He's starting a foundation for that uh, works with mental health facilities okay, okay. and shit like that. Like, Jake Berger's just a dope person. I dig him as a like a human. Like, mm-hmm. he's cool, man. Um, Gavin Sheets got engaged. Like, hey, there you go. Th- this is what's happening on social. I think media. he was. Just, I think he was told. He's like, hey, you got a guaranteed uh, starting job in right field. No. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I mean, oh, here it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm going uh, to play it. Uh, I we'll have to uh, share a screen. While you, while he's sharing this and shit, if you're watching this or you have anything you want to talk about just throw it in the comment section right now i mean otherwise we can just wrap this up soon so i can watch the bulls game <laughs> that was your cue kevin i know i know i, know. <laughs> I just gotta oh, hit okay, on, our, our, our gotta hit okay. here we go here we so. go is this even legal can he even be here that was my question too yeah i mean I, he's not part of the well, he's not I, uh, Montgomery is not in the union. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. What? Oh my god! <laughs> what the? Hold on, what? I, I had not seen the whole thing oh before. God, the swing like... so good, and it's a hello. <laughs> I mean, he's just there. He's like, yo, and that's where he just pops oh out. Oh my god! And he gives I... a smile too. Like he gives like the. Oh, coming in, coming in hot. He's like, oh, is that one of I mean, those fancy be, camera phones? That's going to be an amazing meme. This <laughs> there, entire, it there it is. And that kind of looks like, in this pausing situation, that bat looks like it's, uh, whoa, Tony. That's actually hilarious. But uh, we do have a question. Who's hotter, Gavin Sheets' wife or Drake LaRoche? By the way, Drake LaRoche got engaged, or married. Uh, word is Adam Engel was the, the flower girl. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say see. Gavin Sheets just out I mean, of principle. Wait, wait. I'm not going to lie, by the way, guys. We're up to double digits just because I started. I need a. Mm. I don't know, boy. It, it's the sound, dude. Who gave us an angry face? Look at that, sis. Wait, what? 
Jeffrey He's angry. Huh? I don't know. He's angry about something. He's an angry little elf. Crazy or is he just that guy that hits angry on everything on his timeline because right. it took for his timeline? Mm. I don't know. Jeffrey, you got something you want to talk about, bud? Jeff, let's uh, talk. Yeah, Drake. Drake LaRoche got married. I mean, that's how store. By the way, that is how slow, like the news cycle has been because this was yeah. a top story for NBC Sports Chicago a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> Drake LaRoche is married time. after five years. <laughs> five years <laughs> after sports controversy. And all the wedding stuff too is is good, but you also <laughs> you have <laughs> Cubs Cubs players are all doing power cleans. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. Like, Kevin, I, I wanted to ask you about that. Are you at all worried that these guys are going to fuck up their back or something? That's a good. That's actually one of the better exercises. I'm not a big on the uh, the flip. Um, okay. That stuff's bad for the wrist, but no, the cleans are great. Those are I, we. Whew. Right, so here's Drake LaRoche's. Um, Street was a great power cleaner, and power bottom. And then let's look at um, who who is uh, B Flip trying to compare here. Drake LaRoche. Oh, Gavin Sheets' yeah. wife. Okay. Yeah. Evan. Uh, and then if someone can um, translate what that means. You said ask anything, so he said vomit. Yep. Uh, who ordered their spring ticket tickets? Hey, Dave. <clears throat> their spring training tickets. I'm, I wish, dude. I mean, I saw the Cubs put out the tweet the other day, like, this, they're going to go on season soon, and people are like, there's going to be a season. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Brewers put out their bobblehead schedule. It just says, like, MLB player, TBD player, MLB player, because they can't use players' names. Their silhouette. Yeah, yeah. Bobblehead silhouette. That's going to be the new player of the year. Uh, David, we already talked a little bit about the Bears. I mean, I'm already sick of this coach search shit. Like, Who do you man. want? Who's your choice? Actually, I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask both of I you like, or uh, anyone. I like homeboy from the Dolphins. So, like, I do too, but Florida. I want to ask, Florida, yeah. is this a normal football thing? Is this a, just a Bears thing? So or have I just not been paying? Yes. Uh, it's weird as fuck to me. Like, it just tells me that the, the, the head coach, whoever they are, are going to be answering to ownership as opposed to a general manager who may be not just in charge of personnel only, which maybe the pace failure is what led to this or – or the family's just they're playing fantasy football this year because uh, they're fans, as they said in their press conference. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Ooh, boy, I just uh, I I don't like, get what's it. His name in New York. <laughs> I've I've had people explain it to me, like mm-hmm. why they think it, and it still just doesn't make sense. To me. Well, let's see, that's the thing. That's like having like the whole because I think that I did see like oh like whoever they're going to be reporting straight to you know the McCaskies and not Ted Phillips anymore or whatever. But then, like in the same press conference, McCaskey's like, "Well, I don't, I don't know anything about football." So then, like, yeah. why would the people in charge of football be reporting to you if you don't know anything about football? But <laughs> hey, say what you want um, about uh, Tom Ricketts, and I, I know uh, I want to say Yumper made this point the other night too on the Tana Glove is that at least Tom Ricketts knew he doesn't know shit, so he brought in the best person in the game maybe you know in the modern baseball right to go ahead and do the thinking for him and the bears did not do that the bears don't have the the, the family doesn't have the know-how i guess to to just hand the keys to somebody that's actually like qualified the thing is like why can't the bears just look around the city and be like the cubs went out and got the won a world series the bulls fucking cleaned house best team in the east like they mm-hmm. they did they did step one right by firing Pace and Nagy. I mean, you can go back further and like obviously there's some really sh- really shitty things that ended up happening with the Blackhawks. Right. Like they started brand new, hired a guy who the well, yeah. you had to the, the, their hand got their hand got forced on that one, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, the, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> the Grim Reaper. Uh, well, we're getting choice, up there in age, but. The other name that keeps coming up, and I'm I'm curious because I know how I think about this, but what you guys think, and actually in front of the show here, David, David, we appreciate you turning in, tuning in as much as you do. Um, I don't want Harbaugh. No, me neither. I, it does it doesn't move the needle for me at all. Like he was good in San Francisco, but like I know he got to that one Super Bowl, but it's just. 
my I, feeling, I don't know I, why they've changed, but like, if you would have told me, like, Harbaugh, like, back when they fucking hired Trustman or whatever, uh-huh. <laughs> like that era, I would have uh-huh. been all for it. But I don't know. It's just, I, I, don't, me, I don't want it, any of that college stink. It have my to be a pro team. It'd have to be a package deal with Vic Fangio. Uh, then I'd be in. That was, those two together that. is what made San Francisco San Francisco and, and owned the Packers, owned Aaron Rodgers. That right. combo right there made the Packers look like dog me do. My and thing that is appealing my, to me. That is appealing to me. I, I will agree with you there. My thing about Harbaugh, though, is like I feel like Harbaugh is a college coach. And the reason I say that like is he likes going and sitting on people's living room couches and recruiting them. Like, didn't he sleep in homeboy's treehouse one night or something to yeah, get like no, a stud punter or something? There's a whole like, bunch of stories. Like he year. loves that shit. And it's a lot different than sitting in a room with a bunch of millionaires who are at the peak of their performance and trying to sell them on that rah-rah shit. You know what I mean? Like but maybe he's I, tired of it. Maybe he's, maybe all of that fun. He burned himself out a little bit doing all that. And now he's like, hey, you know what? You know what's really nice is an NFL career where you can go out there and That's you don't true. have to recruit. And, and and I can go back to the corporate kind of where I, I know my hours. Yep. Yeah. And just to not have to worry about that anymore. And I, I honestly, here's me. I think, and I know that he's renegotiating with Michigan right now, but I think at the report of that, I, here's my prediction. I, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be at Oakland, or Oakland, wow, a Las Vegas Raider head coach because he's. The one guy, I mean, again, if he if he gets paid what John Gruden got paid, that's $10 million a year. That's $6 million more than he makes at Michigan. And the Raiders will pay that. D- Mark Davis will pay that. He wants yeah. to make giant splashes. He's not a guy that's going to hire just, you know, generally, uh, it's not his MO at least, to make a quiet hire. He's going to take someone that's going to make a splash. And the money that he gave to John Gruden, that right there, there's a connection with Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh is leveraging right now with Mark Davis specifically. Every time you hear, I think the Bears are used are being used as leverage. Uh, as well with, but I think in the end, it's all about the Raiders for that guy. So I, for that one, I think that it'd be, I would be okay with it. I would love it, but it's not, yeah. I, I don't think the, the Bears will not pay what will be offered from the Raiders if the Raiders want Jim Harbaugh. They can't I mean, or won't. And to fam guy here at the very beginning of the show, we compare the two. They're a lot closer than you think, but, um, <laughs> and I appreciate this, but, um, I'm gonna need a couple. I'm gonna need a couple sources on this one, but um, unconfirmed at this moment. The other name that's going around that I understand why people are nervous because he's never been a head coach before, but he's just one of those guys that like he's always been. I mean, this dude is just football to me, Byron Leftwich. Mm. And the reason why I like Byron Leftwich is I will never forget the game. When he was quarterbacking for Marshall, his <laughs> fucking lineman carried him from play to play, and he got the fucking job done. But he's been the he was the OC in Tampa. He was, I mean, like dude's got the chops, man. And I think he'd be a younger guy. He could connect to these younger players now. Like I think, it, uh, what's his face? Ed Reed, one of my favorite players of all time, tweeted out, "Can we please stop recycling bad coaching?" Yep, and I. I've never agreed with a tweet more in my life because mm-hmm. that's one of the things that drives me nuts about professional sports. Oh, you sucked on this team. We'll give you a chance here. And it's like, fuck dude. Like, why do you think, I don't know. It just, it, it bothers me so much. I definitely think Leftwich will realistically end up with the Jaguars, but which is, which being, makes sense. Yeah. Being, but I, think, that being said, I think you said the name earlier. So, I think it's like Brian Flores. Too. It's, like what it's, he did with the me, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Brian Flores. I think fields will be the best court. He'll be a top 10 quarterback in the league under Brian Flores. I think it's I, be Dable too. I think Dable too up in, in Buffalo would be okay with you. Know, they're, they're, I have, I am more okay with a bunch of choices. There are just ones that I'm not okay with. I think that's almost the way you got to narrow this down to enjoy it is who don't you, don't you want? Who Leslie would you Frazier out? With? I'm sorry. Yeah, Frazier out. Get I don't want Leslie to get a guy from Green Bay because let's just be honest. You don't know what anybody in Green Bay can do because they have Aaron Rodgers. They're carrying all of the water. Why are they interviewing literally the entire Buffalo Bills staff? Because of polling. You, you can also learn. You can learn a lot of oh, things yeah. too. Though. You, you pull some knowledge about some systems. That's a system that's very similar to what the Bears should run. Buffalo. I think Buffalo and the Bears have a very similar. Look, they want to they want to play good defense. And they you, know, you want to run the football and and the 
whatever, blah, blah, blah. That, I think the Bears and the Bills are as close, almost tight, tight at the hip in a sense because they have right. the same, well, very similar style of quarterback I mean, too. If we can get Fields to be playing like Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you see Josh Allen? I know he was the best fantasy quarterback this year, but it was by like almost 100 points, dude. Like Josh Allen was a fucking unit this year. Why well, he had games where he had like a hundred, like yeah. he was better than Lamar Jackson running the ball. Yeah, right. Well, that's the thing people sleep on. Josh Allen's got fucking wheels. Yeah, he's yeah. getting better decision making every season. Like that last game against uh, fuck, who were they playing? He was running a two minute drill, and some of the decisions he made during that two minute drill, I was just like, this dude grew the fuck up. The Jets, I think. Yeah, yeah. but was this Jets? Yeah, it was Jets. But, like, some of the decisions he was making, I was just like, God damn, all right, Josh Allen. Like, good for you, bud. Go on, go on, little rock star. Go get it, bud. What do you think about Ryan Day from Ohio State being something that's been talked about? Like, as an OC or, like, head coach? I mean, they're saying head coach, which, to me, gamble. Like, I just – I don't want to get I don't like the college head coach to NFL. I just – no. I'll pass on that. David, to answer your question, who I think could beat the Packers in the playoffs uh, and in the NFC, I, Jim Harbaugh and Vic Fangio, they've proven that they do it. They can. They're, they're the only – Tom Brady. I think he's talking about this year. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Oh, you're talking about in the actual playoffs. Playoffs. I thought you yeah, were just talking about the actual about playoffs. Coach. Oh, I, yeah, I think Brady's going to get him. I think the Rams are going to sting somebody too. I think so. It, it could be the Rams. I think that Matt Stafford – They. Re, I, I want it for Matt Stafford. Let's be honest. I want it for Matt Stafford. I, 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 I wanted it for Matt Stafford too until he played like shit a couple times that I bet on the Rams. Now I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember that Sunday night game against the Titans. Oh, <laughs> I mean, speaking of again, let, let's just wrap this up. Like, just like our plays for the weekend. Uh, let me pull up the card. Let's pull up the card. A lot of good games, I think. I feel like there's I think, a lot of yeah, good these matches. playoffs are going to be good. I mean, you really I think help. Raiders. I think Raiders Bengals is going to be a good one, just because of the way that Raiders game went Sunday night with the uh, with All the right. Chargers. Here we go. We'll start with the first one. We got the Bengals minus five and a half playing the Raiders in Cincy. I think Raiders. I think like Raiders points and then over. Yep. Raiders points. The over under is at forty nine. I'm, yep. I'm probably gonna. I'm, yep. I'm definitely with you guys. I'm shooting with the over. I don't even know if I touch that, just because both those teams have been so wildly inconsistent this year. Uh, I think the Bengals are the better team. Yeah, but hard to beat. Hard to beat a team a second time, or I guess the saying is a third time for division. But right, Bengals How about are the Bears beat both the Bengals and the Raiders this year. Yep. That, that's why. The, that's why this season like has been one of the most. Because I look at those games, it's like what or like week one when that was what, did like the Panthers just or no the Saints murdered the Packers. Like 33 to whatever it was or whatever it was. Like, Something like that. I mean, it's uh, next one we got the Patriots go to the Buffalo. Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo. We got the Bills minus four and a half and the over under at 44. Seems low. going to be ugly. What's the weather like? Yeah, weather maybe. I mean, the weather cold, is I'm like, guessing cold in Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, that game, that Monday night game where the wind was blowing so hard and they basically, what did, they, what did the Patriots throw four times the oh, whole yeah. game? Safe it, bet. Hold on. I'm pulling up Buffalo's weather here. I think I still like the Bills though, because Josh Allen he he went like the second game. He's like, "Fuck you, I'm still gonna beat you." It's gonna be be cloudy, cloudy with a high of ten degrees. Holy shit! No, 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 weather. Yeah, how's the wind though? The wind. Let's see what that wind looks like. (laughs) Wind and rain. It's clear. That's good. Um, Saturday. The Bills have been running the ball more lately though. Not showing windy. It's snowing there today and tomorrow. But it's just gonna be cold as fuck. Yeah, I go with I go with Bills. I still like the Bills. I still like the Bills. Yeah, I like the Bills. It's tough to go against Belichick in the in the playoffs, but <laughs> well, God forbid something happened to Jared Allen. It'll be Mitch Trubisky season against the. Uh, now we got the we got the Eagles going to Tampa Bay for, against Tommy and the boys. We got a spread of eight and a half bucks minus eight and a half with an over under of forty five and a hook. I think I like the over in that game. I like the over in that one, yeah. I like the over, but I, I like I like the Eagles with the points. I don't like giving up more than a touchdown. Yeah, I'll take seven. I think seven. I think the. I mean, because they're going to get some charity points at the end. They got a good quarter. Oh wait, well I don't know his ankles. His ankles bum right now though. 
Jeff. Ooh, I don't know. I'll probably stay away from that one. Four, you say 45 and a half? Yep. I love this, Maddie. I'll take that. <laughs> Trubisky getting a ring this year, oh baby. Oh, my God. That's um, true. Next one, this game I think is going to be really good. But the Cowboys fucking are the most frustrating team in the world yeah. to fucking bet. Uh, but you got the Niners going into big D. The Cowboys are minus three. The old runner on that one's 50 and a hook. Niners money line. Man, because <laughs> I think the Cowboys. Were, See, that's like, the thing. Cowboys, the Cowboys covered almost every game. Yeah, and the Cowboys show up some weeks, and they look like they're the best team in football. And then other weeks they'll come up, and they look like. I think it was against. up until the Denver game. They were like ten and zero against the spread. Um, they're doing really without a run game. Zeke has not been that great this year. Um, and they also just—they've lost. Uh, they lost. What's his name too? They're number three. Oh, Gallup, Michael Gallup. Gallup's out now. He's done. He's but, then, but then what's his face? Davis, or he had like a huge game against the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles yeah. were sitting guys. but I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I'd take – I think I'm riding the boys there. Uh, that is one of those games. I, go Kevin, Niners That's I think money. I'm going to talk myself into Niners money line. Mm-hmm. But yet again, but yet again Jimmy Garoppolo – <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll say this. Debo Samuel, the way that they've been using Debo Samuel, he might be the most electric player in the league now right now right. because he's throwing touchdowns. He's he's getting 10 carries a game, rushing touchdowns. He's catching touchdowns. And you got Kittle over the middle, and you've got uh, – what's his name on the outside? Ayuk in the outside. You've got uh, – and so you've got a very good bunch of weapons that they've been using really well and a, a solid defense. I think that, I think that Debo, A – Torches the Cowboys. I think he torches the Cowboys specifically, but counterpoint. Dallas's defense is fucking defense. Sick. Though, yeah, that's they've been really good. But that's they're why what Debo does sick. it doesn't matter. So he did the same thing against the Rams. Who's the Rams are frauds, though. Don't Ram, who, who are the Rams playing? Rams. Well, we'll get to that game. The next game is Steelers playing the Chefs. Chefs are minus twelve and a half with an over under of forty six and a half. And by the way, I'm taking the under in that Cowboys game. I think Dallas' defense just shuts them the fuck down. Ooh. Um, yeah, that one's tough. That, Steelers, I, I want to go Niners, Chiefs, but no. But Steelers, Chefs, it's very tough for me to give up 12 and a half points That's in a lot that of that game. Very I'd hard. take a couple extra points if it was like minus 140. I'd almost buy it up to 14. You know what, guys? Let, let's not let's not worry about the let's not worry about the whole game. Give me Chiefs first half. Like it'll be like, okay. what, like minus that, seven and a half, minus eight. That's maybe? usually my go-to on big spreads. Because no. I like the first half play. But in this something like this, I might just buy two points, get Steelers fourteen and a hook. Take they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna lose by two touchdowns. But Steelers kind of suck. I don't. I mean, their defense is pretty good. Big Ben is like, yeah. <laughs> Um, he gets down they, early. He's toast because he cannot. They, they he's so immobile that they can't. He can't. They cannot be allowed to tee off on and, them. And so I really firmly, firmly believe Patrick Mahomes yeah. finds it like a playoff gear. And, yeah. and Tyree you know, kills things up because I almost think he has the same train of thought that you do. Although, where he's just like these regular season games are fucking pointless. We're gonna make the playoffs. I'm gonna go at like 75 percent all year, and then. It's a dangerous game to play, but, you know, I can do it. Yes. And then the last game, the Monday night game, which sucks that there's a Monday night game on Wild Card Weekend, but here we are, uh, is Cardinals go into La La Land to play the Rams. We got Rams. Cardinals are another very frustrating. Both teams are frauds. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. But it's Rams minus four and a half over-unders at 49 and a hook. Is your boy J.J. Watt coming back? Is he playing? I don't know how he's my boy, but yeah, he's playing. <laughs> he's playing. Uh, uh, I hate this game because I hate both teams. Just yeah, I, I think I'm taking the. I would take the the Rams getting or the Cardinals getting four and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say the Rams. Yeah, the Cardinals. Points. Cardinals getting points. Let's go. All Kyler right. Murray. Yeah. Cliff yeah. Kingsbury. Ooh, the Bulls are wearing them city jerseys, the okay. red ones. And Ooh. we got opening tip right now. I'll go yeah, I'll go I'm gonna go Rams, even though I don't like it that much. Uh yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna take the I think, I think Rams win by a field goal. So, so then the Cardinals getting four and a half. Yeah, that would that would be 
I say that I say that uh, you get a nice game winner from um, Gay. Yeah. So, well, that was a weird show, but it was a show. So, <laughs> Happy New Year. Uh, we'll see yeah. you next year. <laughs> the, next year we'll be having a draft. Of- the Bulls game has gotten off to a very sloppy start, and uh, yeah, well. If you guys think of any questions or anything you guys want to talk about on the show along the way, right now we're kind of doing every other week just because of this. Um, so <laughs> unless something crazy happens, hopefully something like uh, the strikes over happens and, you know, we'll be more than happy to do a show then. But, like, uh, until then, if you guys think of anything, you could always uh, DM any one of us individually or DM the show at Pinwheels and Ivy Pod. Um we're easy to find, guys. But uh, for Fids and all, though, I'm Zoe. Everybody stay up, stay positive. Warmer weather's coming for us Chicagoans. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the